the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome to today's Pro-America Report, hosted by Ed Martin, who is continuing to be out, taking a little sabbatical, out enjoying his family and friends in this wonderful holiday season. And I hope that you've been enjoying this holiday season, as well as me filling in for Ed Martin. Those are some big shoes to fill, but I'm going to do my best and hopefully... Nobody's going to be thinking that I sound like Kamala. And hopefully I'll have better poll numbers than her when this is all over with. Um, Got a great show for you guys coming up today. We've got John Schlafly who's going to be here. He's got a great article about Trump and uh, how his passion is continuing to drive the GOP. And did you guys know that there's a number one book on Amazon about Fauci, even though nobody in the mainstream media is talking about it. We've got the publisher, actually the president and publisher from Skyhorse Books named Tony Lyons, who's going to be here uh, to share about this book and why you need to read this book. It's called The Real Anthony Fauci, and it's actually by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. So great show for you guys. We've got the wink coming up here in a moment, which is the what you need to know segment. And then at the end of the show, we're going to tell you what you need to do. Alrighty, so let's get into the wink, the what you need to know. A disturbing report has come out today about the crime wave. We've all known that there's a crime wave uh, continuing across the country. We see these smash and grabs happening. We know we can feel it. We can see it on the streets and there's uh, ourselves when we're out and about in our local communities. We hear the reports uh, coming up. Um, But to see that the murder rate has risen in this country by nearly 30%, with about 21,500 murders or 6.5 per million people, uh, and that aggravated assault, which is the most common form of violent crime, has risen 12 percent, um, is is incredibly disturbing. And uh, last year, for the first time in four years, the estimated number of violent crimes in the nation has increased when compared uh, with the previous year. So we, we clearly have uh, a major problem with violent crime to the tune to where at least 12 major U.S. cities have broken annual homicide records in 2021. And um, the solution to this, according to Joe Biden's Department of Justice, is DOJ Merrick Garland is to throw some cash at it to the tune of $1.6 billion in the form of grants that's going to go to towns and cities to help reduce, quote, the dramatic rise in violent crimes. Um, according to the Daily Caller article here, they're attributing the rise in uh, crime. They're saying that it, it started uh, at the uh, at the start of the pandemic and also the George Floyd protest. I'm going to dispute that a little bit. Uh, We know that what the Democrats are doing here is throwing money at a crisis that they created, right? But what you need to know, in my opinion, is that it actually goes deeper than just people reacting to the George Floyd protest and taking to the streets. This is greater than people reacting to their businesses and their cities and their lives being shut down over coronavirus. I think, I think, 
think these these are people that are acting out coming off of at least a decade of the Democrat Party pushing out the notion. Actually, what we see now and what's being called CRT in our schools is actually what the narrative has been pushed out almost day one from the Obama administration. It actually goes back farther than that. But the Obama administration was the first president to make it obvious from day one of his presidency to begin to foster divisions in this country, to pit races against each other, to intentionally foster anger and resentment, not just between the citizens of different races and identity groups, but also against businesses. And that's what I believe has begun to amp up and uh, take um, and, and begin to spike. Condoleezza Rice described it so beautifully back in 2012. She said at the 2012 Republican National Convention, she, she talked then about the, the twin sisters of aggrievement and entitlement, that when you tell certain groups over decades and decades that they're aggrieved, that they're victims, that they have no hope in the society because there's one – because uh, the, at this point in 2012, it was about the Republican Party oppressing the Democrats and all the different identity groups. Now we see that that being uh, – what began in the Obama administration was really about the entire United States of America oppressing them and that we're an evil racist society uh, that basically can't be fixed. And her point was that when you beat that into people's heads and they begin to feel aggrieved, they get angry, right? And then they feel the, uh, the twin sister of that is entitled. So when we have so what we've seen spiking in this country is the entitlement, people acting out in the entitlement. They felt aggrieved. To the point to where and having that been told to them so much and divisively under the Obama administration and then um, throughout uh, the schools and the CRT and the media that uh, the, the black community has a target on their back. Uh, we saw that the Obama administration pandering and enabling Black Lives Matter and Antifa. And so they felt entitled. We've got we've got whole swaths of communities that feel entitled to burn down businesses, to beat business owners over the head with two by fours, to attack cops in this country. They feel entitled to do that. We see them and because they believe now, thanks to Obama administration pushing out the lie, hands up, don't shoot and other lies that have been pushed out. Uh, the other a form of, uh, of entitlement that we see coming on across this country is with these smash and grabs and others is born out of the divisions that were fostered in the hatred and the resentment of aggrievement against business owners and these evil corporate you know, entities that they're not paying their fair share and corporations and business owners are just pocketing all this money and living large off the backs of the workers and they have all got insurance. And so, you know, they, you know, we're entitled to come and take what we want from these evil business owners. And then you add in the factor that you've got the Democrat Party fostering these actions, enabling these actions. Then we've got policies involving things like no bail to where they get arrested and they're put back out on the streets. Through COVID, we know that prison doors were opened and violent criminals were put out on the street. We know that the Democrat Party is also contributing to the crime wave, through identity politics and the cultural Marxist movement of the open border at the southern United States where terrorists are coming abroad. And this is intentional. What you need to know is that this crime wave is absolutely intentional and then then they've got an excuse to throw 1.6 billion dollars by the Department of Justice across the country and for quote programs to include task forces crime prevention uh, the courts treatment and correction programs and my question would be for the Department of Justice um 
what is the what is the treatment program for people that feel like they can break into a business and steal Louis Vuitton bags? Um, how does how, how does the uh, treatment and correction programs how does that how does that actually combat crime? Right, and what do they mean by throwing money at the courts to do what to to make sure that we've got uh, district attorneys across the country that are going to they're going to or we've got judges across the country that are going to that are going to um, continue to go with these no bail programs or, or no enforcement of people that get arrested for these crimes. We don't have uh, the, the uh, we don't have a problem in this country where we don't have enough uh, domestic violence programs or we don't have enough correction programs. What we've got in this country, we've, it's kind of like the border. The left loves to say the immigration system is broken, right? No, the rule of law is broken. And that's what's going on here. This crime wave is a result of fostering division and hatred and entitlement that people have the right to steal from others, kill others beat up others and get away with it and suffer no consequences of it. It's almost a form of reparations. That's a, that's where we've got in California where you can't even be arrested for going in and stealing anything below $950. We've got a rule of law problem. And the solution is not to make it easier for people to continue to do this. The solution is not a treatment program for somebody that shoots somebody in the face. Now, later on in the show, we're going to talk about what you need to do. And it involves not sitting back and letting the government take your tax dollars, if you're in Iowa, and give it to California, who has the Nobel policies and that you can't prosecute anybody for you know stealing under $950. So stay tuned for that. Coming up in a minute after our first break, we've got John Schlafly is going to be here from uh, the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. He's got a great article out about President Trump and his passion and how his, uh, Trump's passion is driving the GOP. And then later, we've got Tony Lyons, who's the president and publisher of uh, Sky Horse Books, and he will be here to talk about the number one book in the country, The Real Anthony Fauci, written by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. So don't go away. Welcome back to the Pro-America Report. I am Andrea Kay, filling in for our dear friend, Ed Martin, who's out on taking a little sabbatical, and we're wishing him, continuing to wish him a very happy holiday and happy new year. Speaking of wish and goodwill on great men out there fighting for our freedoms, I'm excited to have with me now John Schlafly. Y'all recognize that name, right? From uh, the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, the ever-important, ever-relevant organization that has been fighting for our freedoms for many, many decades, and he joined joins me now to discuss his latest article about Trump. Hi, Happy New Year, John Schlafly. Well, uh, it's great to talk to you, uh, Andrea, and Happy New Year to you, and Happy Belated Christmas, too. Well, thank you. Yeah, um, that's the reason for the season, so we got to keep reminding everybody of that. Um, it's interesting. I'm loving this piece that you've got out right now at uh, phyllisschlafly.com. It's called Trump's Passion Propels the GOP, and I was thinking earlier um, the Christmas season and the passion of the Christ, and Trump is definitely passionate, not comparing him to Christ. Um, but clearly, as your article so well documents, John Schlafly, they didn't think Trump was still going to be around this season. They were looking forward to this holiday season being a Trump-free season, weren't they? Yes, they did. And uh, you can run down the list of pundits uh, who are supposed to be smart, like Karl Rove, who predicted that Trump would be gone. Well, he's not (laughs) gone. And not only is he the leading figure in the Republican Party and the conservative movement and the likely candidate next time, but he's also uh, basically his... Um, 
his uh, support is crucial for mm-hmm. candidates running for all other offices. And, of course, we everyone is hoping, expecting that um, 2022 is going to be a big and important year to um, to push back against the Biden administration. And mm-hmm. uh, so and Trump is Trump is in the thick of that. Well, yeah, he's still a kingmaker. You know, he's like that cockroach. How many times, how many cans of raid have they tried to put on him, John Schlafly? Like uh, the, you know, crossfire hurricane, FBI and DOJ. Then it was the Mueller investigation. Then they had that Andrew Vindman, right, that they trotted out. Then it was January 6th. They were just sure that they were going to put him out. And not only did they not, but now they're looking dismally at a 2022 where I don't even remember the number of Democrats that have decided they're not going to run for reelection at a midterm election year that is, which is probably why this is looking like it's going to be not only a critical midterm election year, but a really ugly one for the Democrats, which could be why they're not running for re-election, right? So it's yeah. looking like a really ugly year for them. The Republicans only needed five seats to flip it. And here's Trump going around endorsing people. And he's not 100 for 100, right? Um, but he's pretty much batting really high number. I'm not good with the baseball. You got to forgive. I'm trying to use a baseball analogy. Help me out here. His batting average is good, isn't it, John? His batting average is good, and uh, uh, of course, the test will be next year, and there's, uh, you know, he's already in, in, endorsed, I think, something like 30, 30 or 40 candidates, and there'll be more to come. There's mm-hmm. some big races where he has yet to weigh in, like um, Missouri and Ohio, but uh, and the Senate races, which have both of those states have a large field of uh, Republicans running for an open seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we have the House races where Trump is endorsed. If you recall, there were 10 Republicans who, uh, you know, voted for the second impeachment outrageously. And, yeah. uh, but, and Trump is, uh, is all, you know, two of them are already uh, bowed out thanks to Trump's opposition. Liz Cheney is still hanging on by the hair of her neck, uh, <laughs> but I think she's going to be a goner uh, in her primary. Yeah. And the others, um, you know, one that hasn't got as much attention is in the state of Washington uh, um, in a seat that used to be held by a three-named woman, Kathy McMorris Rogers, and now it's held by another three-named woman with, I um, can't remember, she's got a kind of a, oh, uh, a kind of a Hispanic name, and uh, but there's a good, there's a terrific candidate, uh, but she voted against Trump. I mean, the nerve of her. And uh, But there's a terrific candidate named Joe Kent, who's running in that seat, and he made a national splash. He's been on Tucker Carlson's show several times, and I think he really has a good bet to take that in the Republican primary. What do you think these Republicans need to do? We're talking to John Schlafly from the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. He's got a great article out, Trump's Passion Propels the GOP. Y'all need to go read that at phyllisschlafly.com. But he, Trump is a kingmaker. He's also somebody that is a force to be reckoned with. One of the reasons why he hasn't gone away, John, is because of his passion. The fact that he um, 
it says what he believes. He he taught even he's rough around the edges, but he's authentic. He's genuine. He stands for what he believes. He believes in America first. You would think it would be a blueprint for every Republican running for office, even your career politicians like Mitch McConnell. But they're not all following the blueprint, right? Of make America first, but uh, you know, make America great again. Put America first. Um, I, I'm hoping that we're going to see more people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, more of the new upstarts coming along to actually follow that blueprint. Are you seeing that out there in your analysis? Well, yes. And uh, another great one is Lauren Boebert of Colorado. Yes. She's terrific. And, uh, you know, she got into a tussle with Ilhan Omar a few weeks ago, if you remember. Yeah. That was, that was uh, amusing to watch. But uh, whereas, you know, most Republicans were cowering in their offices, but she's not afraid. And, uh, and, there, and, and we want to encourage great uh, representatives like that, and uh, Trump, as you say, uh, of course, it's it's his American first agenda, but it's, oh, there's just something about his personality and his and his manner, which is mm-hmm. very appealing to, I would say, working people, uh, hardworking Americans, who you know, who care about this country. Trump's love for our country is just oozes from every pore, you know. Yeah. And hide it. Uh, he has no truck with the swamp, and uh, that appeals to people. And surprisingly, surprisingly, Andrea, I'm sure you've seen these numbers that pop up where he's, um, you know, where he nobody where he's receiving much more Hispanic support than yes. any other Republican has ever gained before. And no one can understand how uh, Trump, who came down the escalator and talked about. Uh, when Mexico sends us their people, they're not sending us their best people. They're sending us rapists and murderers and so on, which was absolutely true. And but the the good working Hispanic Americans, uh, first of all, they're the they're the first victims of those people, and they like everyone else want the border secured. And right. They don't want these people from every country in the world, including Haiti and China and uh, Pakistan and every other country, crossing the border in Mexico and then taking up residence in our country. No, they don't want that, and good for them. And we want to support the people who support America. Yeah, and, and they do. And I'm here at a border town. I live in San Diego, and one of my best friends of many years grew up in Tijuana, and she votes Republican. She came into this country, her entire family did legally, and they worked their way up, not taking a dime from, from the government. And they're watching people pour across the border, being given cash money in Mexico to come across. Then when they get here, when they get here, they're given everything from housing and lodging and free college education and beyond. And so they weren't put off by what Trump said. And then we had four years, four years later, we had the uh, lowest unemployment in the history of this country for all minorities, including the Hispanics. We had, you know, we were energy independent. Now you look where we're at today and we're going into 2022 with an economic reality that's looking really bad for the Democrats and really good for the Republican Party if they follow in Trump's blueprint. Wrap us up, John Schlafly. Well, uh, that's absolutely right. And we're coming across uh, of course, we, we, we've got to also safeguard our elections. Now, let's not lose yes. sight of that, because in, in a number of states, as we've seen, as we saw a year ago, the elections were not trustworthy. And, uh, uh, and we've got to be sure that what was done in 2020 was one time only for the uh, pandemic. It will not be repeated. And uh, 
uh, and uh, we're going to be sure that uh, in every state possible, we're going to have people appearing in person to cast their ballots in person, and uh, and the elections will be counted in the polling place, and the results turned in by 10 p.m. on election day. That's what we need in order to secure a reliable election. Here, here. Nothing matters unless elections matter. John Schlafly, thank you so much for being here. His article, Trump's Passion Propels the GOP, is at phyllisschlafly.com. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. Thank you, Andrea. Take good care. All right, now stay tuned. We got more coming up on the Pro America Report. Welcome back to the Pro-America Report, hosted by Ed Martin, who was out on a little sabbatical for the next uh, few days or so. But hang tight. I promise y'all he'll be back. I'm feeling a little bit like Kamala, right, whose poll numbers are really low. But I appreciate y'all hanging in there with me. Hey, and you're going to be particularly glad you hung in here for this segment because we've got Tony Lyons, who's president and publisher of Skyhorse Books, who's here to talk about the numero uno, the number one book in the country that actually half the country, if not most of the country, doesn't even know about because it's getting it's getting completely um, uh, blackballed or blacklisted, if you will, from the legacy media. The book is called The Real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the Global War on Democracy and Public Health, and it's by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, Tony Lyons, welcome to the Pro-America Report. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for naming the title of the book, The Real Anthony Fauci, instead of uh, The Real Dr. Fauci, because right now, for those many of us out here, we're looking at him as being about as much of a real doctor as Dr. Heathcliff Huxtable on The Cosby Show. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so the story here is that The Real Anthony Fauci is the best-selling book in America, number one on uh, Wall Street Journal bestseller list, USA Today bestseller list, Publishers Weekly bestseller list. It was sort of blackballed by the New York Times and was listed as number seven, even though we can talk about that later, but it's, it, that's a fascinating story. But so it's the number one best-selling book in America over a six-week period, selling over 500,000 copies. But there's not a single mainstream newspaper article about the contents of the book. You can't advertise for it on big tech platforms. Bookstores all around the country are refusing to carry it. Libraries are refusing to carry it. Even libraries that have signs at the front uh, saying that they support freedom of speech, but then they don't carry the book. So what's sort of happening now People like the idea of freedom of speech only when it supports what they believe. But when it doesn't, they use this word that we've all heard now, misinformation. They (laughs) want to tell you that anything that they disagree with, anything that, that counters the mainstream narrative is misinformation. But we all know what that really is. I mean, this is a book that is... 200,000 words long. It's got 2,094 citations. It's got over 4,400 star reviews on Amazon. I mean, this is a book. It's a serious book. It's incredibly well-researched. And the narrative is to 
say anything bad that you can say about the author, but not cover the book at all. So they've been vilifying Robert Kennedy in every conceivable way. Um, the AP, for example, had six investigative reporters looking into his life and into his nonprofit, just trying to find anything mm -hmm. that would discredit him. But they didn't mention the book at all. So clearly all of these negative articles are just another form of censorship. So they don't want you to read the real Anthony Fauci. They don't want you to hear this narrative. And there are all these different forms of censorship that are mixed in together, trying to, to prevent people from getting to this information. Well, hat tip to you from, for publishing it and, and, and getting it out there. And it just goes to show how many people are craving the truth, right? Given the fact that it is the number one book, given that nobody's even heard of it, uh, you know, if they're, if they're getting their source of information from the legacy media. And Lanny Davis, Hillary Clinton's old BFF, he said many years ago, long before cancel culture, he said, look, when the left can't win the argument on its merits, it seeks to diminish the person with whom they disagree. So that's why they've got to go after Robert, uh, you know, Kennedy. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on this. Let's talk a little bit about what's inside the book and what people are going to learn because, you know, 500 pages is a lot of data and they're trying to bury this for the same reasons that they, Fauci buried the truth about therapeutics in order to hustle out and get people injected with these shots. Tell us what people are going to learn. Like maybe give us in, uh, you know, five or so minutes we've got left, maybe some of the three most important revelations that they're going to learn here. Yeah, so one of the big revelations of the book is the incredible financial entanglement that Anthony Fauci has with uh, Big Pharma and the incredible system that he set up that makes public health all about making money. So this is all about guaranteeing a better and better return on investment for all kinds of people, but it's not about protecting public health. It, it's not about making Americans healthier. And that's something that comes through the book in chapter after chapter. So, you know, Anthony Fauci does everything that he can to help the people who he's working with to make more money. Even his retirement package that was disclosed in Forbes magazine yesterday shows that he's going to get more money when he retires than any public official in the history of the United States. So that's $350,000 each year. So That's disgusting. Yeah. So, you know, what you see here is, you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., is writing this book for nine months, literally 16 hours a day. I mean, I watched him do it. And he put his, his, his heart and soul into this book. He did incredible research. He had a whole team of people helping him with the research to make sure that it was really right. And then it was vetted by doctors and lawyers and scientists. And it has a blurb from a, you know, a, a positive comment from a Nobel Prize winner. I mean, this is a serious book, and it shows all kinds of wrongdoing and corruption on the part of Dr. Fauci over six years. And, you know, this is a serious story that demands congressional hearings, 
into all kinds of things. So, I mean, it is, it is hard to kind of boil down, but the entire AIDS crisis is a, is a similar type of story to the, to the COVID crisis. And there are two chapters on, on that. There are chapters on the experimenting that uh, Fauci authorized on people in poor countries all around the world, in uh, uh, children in the United States who are in, in foster care, um, uh, experimentation that was done on, on dogs in various countries. I mean, these are just awful stories, but, but the worst part of it is, is the total lack of interest in public health and the focus on making money for the people who he's partnering with and for himself. Right. I mean, it's, it's he's like the financial mangala, right? Because this is all about making money. And I don't and I, we don't know exactly how many people actually died from COVID um, versus somebody dies in a motorcycle accident. It's labeled a COVID death. But, we, you know, we don't know how many actually died from COVID. Then you, then from that number, though, probably at least 80 percent or maybe 85 percent could have could have lived had they been given therapeutics that were denied. Fauci literally killed Americans in this country so that he could rake up money for himself and for others with these shots that are also killing people and this is an abomination this man deserves to be in prison wrap us up uh tony lyons so the 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 claims in this book you know being censored i mean the real anthony fauci makes incredible claims of of corruption of the worst kind of possible corruption and if fauci had anything to come back with if he had answers to any of these allegations he would do it if he had a better argument on any of these issues, he would make them and he wouldn't need censorship, but he's taking part in all these different facets of censorship. And there's really no question that he's doing that. Even his, his recent comments about uh, Mr. Kennedy saying that he's disturbed. So somebody accuses you of a lifetime of corruption that is negatively impacting the lives of millions of people. And your response is, not to contradict any of those allegations, but to say that the person making them. So if you think about that, you know, why does Dr. Fauci not want you to read this book? And that ought to you want to know what's in it. Well, it makes me want to read it and everybody I know is going to want to read it. And I know Christmas was last week, but it's not too late to be buying this book for people. Everybody that you know, make sure a copy gets in people's hands because the truth needs to get out there about this man. I know there's a certain percentage of our population that will never accept the truth because it's easier to con people than to convince them that they've been conned. But the fact that this is a number one book right now tells me there's a whole lot of Americans that are thirsty for the truth about Fauci and they need to hear it. Uh, The book is The Real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates. Big Pharma and the Global War on Democracy and Public Health by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Get it on Amazon. Um, and I thank you, Tony Lyons, for publishing this book and being here today. Thank you so much and God bless. And please tell Mr. Kennedy that we appreciate him and his efforts. I definitely will. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you. All right, y'all stay tuned because coming up next, we've got our final segment and with the What You Need to Do. Don't go away. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 
a daily look at the significant issues of our time from an experienced conservative perspective. Sponsored by Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, this broadcast continues the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly and stands against forces that mock traditional values, deny freedom of religion, slander America, and would redefine the family. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. The issue of election integrity took the nation by storm in 2021. As the midterms approach in 2022, I have a feeling that the spotlight on election integrity is only going to get brighter from here. As you think about what your New Year's resolutions might be, would you consider being on the front lines of the election integrity fight by serving as a poll worker or a poll watcher? A poll worker is someone who works on behalf of the local election authority to staff polling places. Laws regarding the duties of poll workers vary from state to state, but they all play an important role. As you can imagine, it takes a lot of people to staff polling places on Election Day. Most people don't have any trouble getting a position as a poll worker, but you have to ask. Having upstanding citizens who can operate from the inside to report on any unethical or illegal conduct is a valuable service for anyone who's interested in protecting our elections. While a poll worker operates on behalf of the election authority, a poll watcher is someone who watches a polling place on behalf of a political party. If the poll watcher notices any irregularities, they act as a witness and report back to the local party office. Again, laws and rules regarding poll watchers vary from state to state, but your local party office can give you all the training you need to be effective and in compliance with the law. If you're interested in being a poll worker, contact your state or local election authority. In most states, the Secretary of State is the top election authority and can point you in the right direction. If you're interested in being a poll watcher, contact your local party office. Poll watchers and poll workers play a huge role in protecting the vote of every citizen. November's elections might seem like a world away, but don't make the mistake of waiting until Halloween before deciding to volunteer. Being ready and available for training early is so important. In 2022, make it a New Year's resolution to be a poll worker or a poll watcher. From Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, this has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin. Election fraud has the power to destroy the America we know and love. Never again can we allow an election to be stolen. At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll find reasonable, workable strategies for assuring the integrity of every future election. Visit phyllisschlafly.com today. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back to the Pro-America Report. Andrea Kay filling in for Ed Martin. Hey, uh, follow Ed at Eagle Ed on Twitter if you're still on Twitter, if you're so inclined. And if you do tweet, be sure to use the hashtag Pro-America Report or hashtag PAR. So now we're going to get into the What You Need to Do segment. At the open of the show, we were talking about the wink, which is what you need to know, which is the Department of Justice is about to throw $1.6 billion in the form of grants to towns and cities to help reduce the uh, dramatic rise in violence crime that they fostered and enabled uh, through their divisive rhetoric, through their false narratives that they're pushing, through their school programs, uh, telling people that they're oppressed in this country and they're entitled to do whatever they want to do, and Black Lives Matter, and Antifa being rewarded and and not being investigated. One of the things I forgot to mention in the wink earlier is that shame on Bill Barr, because he could have used the RICO statutes. We're going to talk about what you need to do. What Bill Barr needed to do was use the RICO statutes to trace the money that was being used to fund 
fund these organizations where pallets of bricks were showing up outside businesses that they could conveniently use, where Antifa terrorists could be sharing hotel rooms right next to Rand Paul, who then got attacked when he came out of uh, the White House meeting with Donald Trump. So what do you need to do? We've got a crime wave across this country, violent crimes up, uh, 12 cities with um, the uh, breaking records and homicide rates. We've got everything from carjackings, uh, violent robberies, rape and sexual assault, manslaughter. Uh, What can you do about it? Well, um, one of the things you can do, what you need to do is buy a gun. Buy a gun following the laws of your area and get trained on how to use that gun. Here in San Diego County, we've got San Diego County gun owners. I'm sure it, wherever you are, there's there's organizations like that that are that can help you get the the weapon that uh, puts you in touch with organizations and groups that can get you the weapon that's perfect for you. And mo- most importantly, train you to use it and get the gun lawfully. We still have the right to protect ourselves, and we have the obligation to protect our families as well and to protect our properties. And gun sales, by the way, have spiked during this time. In fact, they're spiking right now in New York City with the crime rate that's going there. So that's the first thing that I think you need to do. Uh, the second thing that I think you need to do and, and is to get involved at the local level in races. A lot of people didn't realize until these crime waves started, until we saw uh, like a DA in St. Louis that didn't arrest the trespassers that were threatening a homeowner, but arrested the homeowners who were standing on their lawn with their weapons ready to exercise the Second Amendment, uh, their Second Amendment rights to protect their property. A lot of people don't know how much money that George Soros has dumped into DA races across the country for the purpose of this, for the purpose of enabling the criminals in society, expecting you to be sitting at home cowering without the ability to defend yourself or your property, including your business. So that's one thing that you need to do is is not just when we're in 2022 is going to be an election year. And most of the time, if people even bother to vote, they don't bother to vote uh, unless it's for for Congress and a midterm election or even even if they vote then, uh, that's all they vote for. Most of the time, half the country doesn't even vote unless it's a presidential election. They're not paying attention to the local races. And these are the races that actually affect your life more than anybody, and that's the DA races. And that's why, and because it affects you so much, that's why George Soros has put so much money into it. Because it's not just about the crime wave on the street, but it's about also how it's going to change this country by changing the rule of law. And that also leads me to you, you needing to know who's running for sheriff in your area and who's running for police chief because we got to know who's going to be applying the law in this country, who's going to be enforcing the law in the country, and who's going to be out there keeping you safe. And that also includes at the state level, the attorneys general at the state level. I don't know most. I, there's been times when I had on my own show, the Andrea K show, candidates running for attorney general. And people heard that that, that person was coming on my show and they changed the dial because they're just not interested. They don't realize the relevance that it has from the DA races, the sheriff and, and police chief, and then it, it, the, uh, the state attorney general on our lives. And they have a huge impact on our lives because the attorney generals are the ones that hold elected officials accountable that make sure that we don't have people, um, you know, um, violating the law across the country. They also are involved in, in fighting against federal overreach on behalf of the state. These are absolutely critical positions. And one of the things you can also do is you can also go to your city council. You can go to um, your school board meetings. You can go to any oper- go to rallies in your area and to begin to push back and use your voice. And when we've got states like Florida. Part of this $1.6 billion in grants is going to areas that really are not really seeing a major spike 
in crime. And most of the spikes we have are happening in either 100 percent blue states or maybe even in red states, but in Democrat controlled cities like Austin, Texas. And so what I would say is when you've got um, the state of Florida looking to receive uh, uh, $10 million, I would put some pressure on DeSantis to say no to this money. Because if they can get DeSantis to take this money, they can feel like they've bought him in terms of not being tough on crime. And we need to make sure that we're putting the pressure on all of our elected officials at every level, city council, uh, county supervisors, our governors, our mayors, and and that includes our red mayors, our red governors, and, and our red state mayors to not be bought by Democrats handing out money. So that's my suggestions of what you need to do to fight crime. Any ideas you have, uh, Technical Director Noah, that you could add? No, just what uh, you've already been saying. You know, we need to, you know, hold everybody's feet accountable, especially when you have very few of them, like Governor Ron DeSantis, man. He needs to continue to do the right thing, to not accept outside sources, you know, money that's it's it's up to no good. He's done a great job in Florida. Has he been perfect? No, but he needs to continue to fight the fight and to stand up for people. That's right. And the final thing that I would add is if you have the ability to contribute to campaigns, don't do it at the national establishment level. Do it to people that you trust. Do it to people and, and go to uh, and, and go to their campaigns, go to their, their campaign events, pose questions to them, to them, tough questions. They go and speak at these Republican groups and they don't always get hard questions. And now is the time going into 2022. If we're going to save this nation from the crime wave, from the cultural Marxist movement, that we hold our elected officials accountable and it begins when they're campaigning. Don't donate to the general Republican Party. Don't do it. No, do it with candidates that you trust, that you have peppered with really tough questions and you like their answers. Hey, I like that you guys are sticking with me while I'm filling in with Ed Martin. Thank you to my guest, John Schlafly. Uh, Thank you to Tony Lyons, uh, the publisher of Skyhorse Books, The Real Anthony Fauci. Please go read that. Thank you to producer Joanna and technical director Noah. Thank you all. Be back tomorrow. Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.